Thanks for joining us for this message from Awakened Church. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we pray that you're encouraged by this message. Now lean in as we hear from God's Word together. Um, Today's an exciting day because we're launching a brand new series here at Awaken. Nobody's excited about it. Okay, yeah, thank you. I'm glad that you're excited about it. We're launching this brand new series. Um, This series is called Casual Sunday, and this is a series that I've put so much time in prayer and really seeking God over. Because what the Lord has been speaking to me over these last months as I've prayed through and sought after his, his word and what he wants to be shared, he's really put these messages on my heart that align with this series. And Casual Sunday, this series, was born out of a lot of observations that I've made about church, a lot of personal observations about my own life and my own experience with church and with walking in faith and trying to pursue Jesus in my own life. And as I've been walking with Jesus, I've noticed that over time, it's really easy to start to become desensitized and a little bit um, to start to miss the point about what all of this is about, what we're doing here on a Sunday, what we do in our daily lives. Like, I know that we all come in here on a Sunday and we stand together and worship and we raise our hands and we read the lyrics on the screens and, and we sing out. I know that we all listen to our pastors teach and we listen to God's word taught and we take notes and then we'll, we'll go out into the, the foyer or outside and, and we'll talk to one another and we'll, we'll chat about life and what's going on and we'll laugh together and we'll pray for one another. But then what I've noticed is a lot of times we'll leave this space after all of that and then nothing really happens. We don't do anything with it. We don't, we don't, use what we've learned here and and take it into action in life. And I've noticed that church and faith, just having faith in general with Jesus and walking with him, a lot of times we start to treat it like a consumable. Like we start to treat our, our church experience on a Sunday, we start to treat what we do during the week sort of like we treat Netflix, where we watch an episode or Hulu, or watching shows, and the point that we start to get out of it, oh, it's just to encourage me and kind of spur on my week in a good direction, or it's just to inspire me and and get me amped up and so I feel good as I go out, or it, it could be just it's entertaining me, or honestly, for many of us, it could just be it's that box we have to check because it's what we've always done, and we treat it like this consumable, but the truth is that following Jesus is very counterculture. It's not comfortable. It's not um, just this easygoing thing. And for many of us, we start to get into this mindset of this casual Sunday idea where we show up here and instead of really being Christ followers, we're actually really living lives outside of this space as culture followers and comfort seekers. Politics matter more to us than God's word matters. And we start to miss the point. But following Jesus is serious. Following Jesus is a big deal. Um, All throughout the Bible, there's this use talking about Christians to call Christians slaves of Christ, to call Christians bondservants, which means a willing slave. And that's where the chains come in 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 the artwork of this series, to drive home this idea that it's more than just just this casual, laissez-faire thing that we do in life. There's so much deeper that we're supposed to go in faith. 
And if you think that I'm kind of going overboard with this, this slaves and bond servants thing, I want to read for you really quick Romans 6, verses 20 through 22. It says, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit that you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. Salvation, I want to be clear right off the bat, salvation is free. Forgiveness is free. There's nothing you could ever do to earn your salvation. There's nothing you could ever do to repay it. However, following Jesus, building relationship with Jesus, that has some clear terms and conditions. That has some things that we're supposed to be doing, that we're supposed to be living out. I don't want us to continue as a, as a church, not just here at Awaken, but as the American church, to have this apathetic view about church, this unconcerned, relaxed idea about what faith is, where it's just a consumable. If we're going to be followers of Christ, then we have to be serious about it. So the question really comes in if, is, how do we move from this casual Sunday mentality? How do we move from that to serious followers of Jesus mentality. And as I was thinking about that, that's what led me to this message that I'm going to share with you guys today. Um, the idea and really the heart behind this message came from a personal, personal moment in my life um, a few weeks ago. So as I said earlier, I get to lead Awakened students. We're here on Wednesdays and we get to be with all the students and usually that's a really fun time. But this one Wednesday in particular, I was walking around Awaken. That's something I do frequently, and I'll just pray. I just use that time just to pray about ministry, random life things. It can be all kinds of stuff. And I was walking just on my own, and I was praying, and I was saying, Lord, I'm so tired today. Lord, I, I'm, just, I'm exhausted right now. I really don't feel like being here tonight. Lord, I want to go home. I want to eat a good meal. I want to hang out. I want to play video games with my friends and my family. Lord, I'm, I'm just, I don't know if I got in me to talk to all these loud kids. <laughs> and I was saying all these things. And as I was praying those things, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said something interesting. He said, don't call me that. And when I first heard that, I was like, excuse me? What? That seems unbiblical almost. Like I was confused by that. And I began to think about it, and I prayed, like, what do you mean by that? And he said, you don't understand what you're saying right now. I was calling Jesus Lord, but everything I was saying had nothing to do with him being my Lord. It had to do with me. It's all about me being comfortable, me having my way. And that's not what Jesus is about. That's not what Jesus being our God is about. And that's where this message comes from. And we're going to read together right now from Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49. Hopefully you had enough time to turn there. I want us all to be on the same page, so we'll cover all the ground. It says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them 
I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. The title of the message today is going to be Huts and Houses. Huts and Houses. So right off the bat, what we read here, Jesus is, is speaking. And he's speaking to all of these crowds of people in, in what we read right there. Um, just prior to this moment that we just read together, Jesus had just been giving the Sermon on the Mount. He had just been speaking through the Beatitudes. So there's all of these people who are congregating on these hillsides, following Jesus around, trying to meet with him, trying to see what he's got to say. And there, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people out there all listening to the teachings that Jesus has to share with them. And clearly, all of these people thought pretty highly of Jesus. I mean, they all have different, different views and opinions. Some of them think, well, maybe he's just a really great teacher. Some of them maybe just thought, oh, I think there's something special about that guy, but I don't fully get it. Some of them probably thought that he actually was the Savior and, and the God that they'd been waiting for. But they thought highly of Jesus, And the reason that we can tell that they definitely thought highly is because they kept calling him Lord, Lord. And Jesus, when he hears them say that to him, he gets very real with them. And his response to them is a question that we need to ask ourselves, that we have to look inside ourselves and answer. He said to them, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? This is where the first point of the message for today is going to come from. First point is going to be, don't call Jesus Lord unless you're going to obey him. I know for a lot of us, it seems like, obviously, for some of us, that seems harsh. But this is a central truth to following Jesus, to Jesus being Lord. That word Lord that's being used there in Greek doesn't mean God. Jesus is God, that's true, but this word right there doesn't mean that. This word means one to whom allegiance is owed or someone who has authority. And it carries with it this idea that the Lord's will is prioritized over our own will. So if we call Jesus Lord, then that means it doesn't matter what I want, it matters what he wants. And that's what I have to do, even if it's not comfortable. And I've noticed all throughout church culture, everywhere I've ever gone to church or been around other followers of Jesus, we frequently call Jesus our Lord and Savior. We'll say that a lot. It just rolls off the tongue. Uh, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And as we're praying, as we're telling people about him. But what's funny about that is that's two separate titles. They're not this one title. He is Lord and Savior. And in fact, he's Savior because he's Lord. It's because he has authority that he is the Savior. So we have to take both of those things. We have to take the fact that he is Lord seriously. What Jesus is trying to say in all of this by asking that question is he's trying to tell us and them, 
it's absurd to not seek obedience to the Lord. It's absurd to claim someone as Lord, but not pursue obedience to them. For us as followers of Jesus, to not be actively praying and seeking the will of God in our life, how we're supposed to live that out, to not be regular, regularly reading God's word and seeking his commands from this, this book, to not be doing that is a failure on our part. It's an absurdity for us to call him Lord and, and just live in that lifestyle and to have that casual Sunday mentality. It's really easy for us to hear the Bible, for us to read the Bible, like I talked about earlier, to take notes as a pastor teaches, to take notes in our personal time, to read through God's word and be like, yes, that's a good truth. Oh man, I agree with that. That's, That's excellent. That's powerful stuff. It's easy to get all of that and then on the backside, do nothing with it. It's very easy to agree and then not act. A lot of us have really great intentions, but then we lack follow through. And I'm not saying this as someone who is trying to condemn. I'm saying this as somebody who struggles with this myself. And I want you guys to know that. What ends up happening in our lives oftentimes as we're in this journey of faith with Jesus is as we become desensitized, as we begin to lose sight of what the truth is about who Jesus is as Lord, we start to pursue our own desires. We start to pursue our own plans, our own comforts. And we start to pray prayers like, God, I really want to go to this place and I'm going to honor you when I get there, but could you please open the doors for me to get there? Or Lord, this situation in my life is, is kind of frustrating. This is not comfortable right now, what I'm dealing with right now. I, I don't want to be going through this. Lord, can you, can you get that out of my life? And we start to pray things like that. But the truth is that faith isn't including God in your plans. Faith is asking to be included in his plans. And that's a very different What that actually looks like in practice and in life is very, very different. And it's so important for us to know that. And the Bible is full of commands that Jesus has given. It's full of things that we're supposed to be living out that aren't about us. It's full of things like that we're to love our neighbor. It's full of things talking about how we are to glorify God, what gives glory to God. It's full of commands talking about how we are to live lives that have godly character, that are building up godly character and integrity. But the question is, we can hear about all that stuff and recognize, oh yeah, those are all good stuff, but how? How do we do that? How do we actually do those things? The way we do it is through obedience, through following the Lord's commands. I want to read for you guys really quick, John 14, verses 23 through 24. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. It says, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, then he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him, and we will make our home with him. But whoever does not love me does not keep my words. 
And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. We obey Jesus because we love him, because he loves us. That's why we obey. Because when we love him and we recognize that he's Lord, that even though we are having to submit before his will, set our own aside, we can trust that because we love him, because he loves us, that his ways are going to be good. That his ways are going to be better for us than our own ways. And when we live out his commands, when we love Jesus and that leads to obedience, Jesus said that God will send his Holy Spirit, that's what was being said there, to make his home with us. To make his home with us, to, to live life with us, to go through life with us. And that's a big deal because as we are going through life, as Jesus is making our, his home with us, we are building lives that Jesus is going to describe like a home. And that's where we're about to go. I want to read one more time verses 47 and 48 in Luke 6. If you want to go back there, Jesus said, Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. The second point today in this message is going to be that obeying Jesus is the way that we build secure and durable lives. Obeying Jesus is the way that we build secure, durable lives. The beginning, verse 47, Jesus says, When the flood arose, or sorry, when those who hear my words and do them, are like, and that what that means, what, what that's saying there is this is the person who understands, who grasps the concepts that are being taught. This is the person who sits in church on Sunday, who sits down with God in the morning or afternoon to read his word, who reads through, who understands, who grasps it, takes it in, and then puts it into action. That's the person we're talking about, who prioritizes obedience. Jesus says that they're like this guy who's building a house. He gives us his imagery and he says that this guy is like someone who dug deep and built a foundation on the rock. This builder is doing some hard work. Who's dug a, a hole in their life? Just raise your hand. Who's dug? A good amount of you. I've dug a lot. I used to build a lot of BMX jumps out in the desert and I would just be constantly digging to build these jumps. And it's a pain. Digging can be hard. Digging it's sweaty, it's dirty, hurts your back after a while. You get blisters on your hands if you're doing it for long enough. But this guy is digging deep in order to get to the foundation. He's doing this hard work to get to the foundation that's going to be the rock. What it's talking about there is the bedrock. And the idea is that the bedrock is not going to be moving around. It's not going to shift. It's reliable and stable. So this guy is doing that in order that his house will be sturdy and stable. And Jesus is telling us some pretty clear implications spiritually. 
is trying to tell us that we are to dig up the things that don't line up with Jesus. We're to dig up and get rid of the things that don't align with the character of God. That our obedience is the digging. It's getting rid of things that don't belong. And he's saying that as we dig, as we get rid of those things, that obedience isn't going to be easy. Sometimes as we're dealing with temptation, as we're struggling, it can be hard. It's not the easiest thing in the world. It can be frustrating. It can take a long while. But as we do that, as we clear what's not supposed to be there, and we get to the rock, the rock is the truth of Jesus. It's the truth that's based in living out the commands and the principles that Jesus has given us. That's what the rock is. A lot of us need to be asking ourselves the question, what in my life needs to go? What needs to be dug up? What do I need to begin to do the work to get rid of that doesn't belong? A couple of examples right off the top of my head. These are just a few. There's, there's tons. Selfishness could be the thing that needs to go. I know for me, that's, that's what I struggle with. I guard my time very closely. And sometimes it can seem like, oh, AJ, he's, he's always around. He's always helping. Okay, but I prioritize that time to be able to help. But what happens when someone asks me to help when it's my time? I can often be selfish about that stuff. And that kind of needs to go. That doesn't align with the love and the character of Christ. Other things could be anger. You, you struggle with anger. You have these outbursts of anger. Maybe those, that needs to go. And you haven't been dealing with it. You haven't been addressing it. But you know it's there. It could just be pride in opinions or what you think you know. And maybe you do know, know things. But that needs to go because it's getting in the way of you representing Christ well. Those things got to get dug up so you can begin to build on that solid foundation of Christ. I want to read for you guys another verse. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says this, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. It's telling us that there is no other foundation out there. There is no other stable base for you to build on except Jesus, except for the truth of Jesus. If Jesus is the way, the truth, the truth, and the life, then that is what we are building a life on when we pursue him, when we prioritize obedience to him. It says when we're obedient, when we build a life that's on that truth, that it does something pretty special. Jesus, in his story, in his parable, in verse 48, he said, when the flood arose and broke against that house, it couldn't shake it. And what it's saying is that when the circumstances of life crash into the life of an obedient follower of Christ, then they're going to be able to withstand. They'll be able to hold up to it. And I want to be pretty clear on this as well. That doesn't mean that your life is never going to fall apart or that there won't be tragedy or there won't be bad diagnoses or there won't be betrayals or there won't be financial crises. Those things all very well could and probably will happen to us in some point in our life. But 
when we follow Jesus and prioritize obedience and walk with him, it doesn't matter what life throws at us. It doesn't matter what circumstances crash into us. We will be able to stand firm in the hope and in the joy and in the peace of a firm identity in Christ because we've been living it out, because we've been walking in that obedience. We build these lives in obedience for the assurance of today and also for the promise of eternity. Knowing that, yes, I'm going to be obedient now because I want that assurance. I I want to know that no matter what gets thrown at me, I will be able to stand firm because of Christ, but also because I know ultimately I'm going to be with Jesus no matter what. This is not a life of just blind faith, which gets thrown around so much, where something happens in life and we just say, I just need to have enough faith. I just got to pray hard enough. I just got to believe hard enough and Jesus will take that away. Or or maybe maybe God's trying to show me something and I just got to overcome it with some trust in him and I just got to persevere and walk through it and everything will be fine. That's not what this is. This is a life of faith that leads to obedience. That's what creates this secure, durable life in Jesus. And that's different than what many of us live. Said at the very end in verse 48 that this man's house didn't fall because it was well built. And that word actually means excellently or beautifully. I think that's so cool because that means a life that we follow and prioritize obedience to Christ in is beautiful to God. It's excellent in his eyes. And if we love Jesus and if he's Lord, then that should matter to us. We should want that kind of a life. However, God's not going to force you into it. He's not going to make you do that. You have to choose obedience. And not everyone does. And that's why Jesus tells us this, this last part in verse 49. Read it one more time with me. He said, But the one who hears and does not do my words is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. This is the opposite of that first person. This is the person who understands. This is the person who might be a genuine believer in Jesus, yet shows up to church on Sunday and has this casual, relaxed, unconcerned mentality who reads the Bible during the week but doesn't really act on it. This is that person. Jesus is saying that any person's life that doesn't prioritize this obedience is going to have this, this type of things happen to him. And he says that the storms broke against that person's house and immediately it fell. And this is a clear warning. It's a clear warning for us that we should take pretty serious. What he's saying in there is that a life that's absent of obedience is one single circumstance away from collapse. When we're obedient to Christ, we're we're seeking to have the character of Christ, to have integrity, we're golden. 
But when we're not, we're one secret away from our lives falling apart. One secret being found out and exposed to our lives collapsing. We're one tragedy away from losing all hope and falling into depression and despair because we don't have that foundation, because we haven't been building a life truly of obedience on the hope of Christ. We, we don't understand it, and we miss it, and our lives fall apart. That third point today is that ignoring Jesus' commands creates that life that's built to collapse. And none of us want that. None of us want to live a life like that. I've noticed that there's this tendency in church to amplify forgiveness and grace and kind of push aside obedience. And I'm all about forgiveness. I want that to be clear. Forgiveness, like I was talking about earlier, forgiveness and grace, that is central to our faith. That's, that's how we are saved. However, what we, tr- we do is we prioritize that forgiveness and we kind of forget about the obedience because ultimately we love the truth of God as our Savior, but we don't really like the part about Him being Lord. And that leads to a lot of poor decisions in life because what we begin to do is live lives that are constantly living in these habits of sin and these continuous temptations that we give into. But that's not what we're supposed to be doing. A lot of us don't need to keep asking for forgiveness. That's not what we really need. What we need to be doing is starting to be obedient. God, in in certain cases, he absolutely can take away certain temptations in an instant. He has that power. I'm not going to say that he doesn't. He can take alcoholism away in an instant. He can take the addiction to pornography away in an instant. He can take away the anger in an instant. However, when he does not, He's given you the opportunity to be obedient and follow him instead of giving it over to yourself. And that is really important for us to know. I want to close this message today with a, a short story about me and my brother. Um, when we were growing up, um, I grew up in Pennsylvania and me and my brother loved to be outside. We would be outside all the time, hanging out and, and playing around and, and doing all kinds of things. And we found at some point, there was all this bamboo that was growing around my family's garage. I don't know why it was there, but my mom, being a wise individual, gave me and my brother a machete to go chop all that bamboo down. And she would watch over us and then take it back so it wasn't like super dangerous. But we would cut all this bamboo down and we would take all these bamboo shoots and we'd go under this tree and we would stab them in the ground. We'd take all these leaves and we'd begin to build all of these huts, just tons and tons of bamboo huts. And we'd build this full-on city out of it. And we would play with matchbox cars and action figures and Tonka trucks underneath this tree with all this, this huts standing all around it. And we would have so much fun. We'd be laughing, joking. It was, it was a great time. And we'd go to bed that night talking about what we we're going to do in the morning, all the, the improvements to the city that we we're going to do, all the ideas that we had. We'd go to sleep. We'd wake up, go marching out to our, to our huts. 
and there had been a gentle breeze the night before, a light rain, and our huts were all gone. They were annihilated. They had all collapsed. They were rotting, falling apart. And me and my brother would be so disappointed. Be like, man, we put so much effort and energy into this. I guess we just got to restart. And then we'd go chop more bamboo down and just do it all again. And I thought it was so funny because as me and my brother were doing that day after day after day, my dad was waking up early in the morning my dad owned a construction company building houses. My dad would leave the driveway while me and my brother are building these huts. And he would go to the same job site day after day, week after week, month after month, digging down, pouring good, strong foundations, building on top of that foundation having the inspectors come out, making sure it's all up to code, that it's, it's built to stand. And to this day, those houses are still there. And I thought this was such a captivating thing as I was thinking back on it because I realized that all of us are building some kind of lives. Some of us are building houses built for eternity, but a lot of us are building huts. A lot of us are building the huts that are going to fall apart. I want to ask you guys, have you been building a life that's built to last for a day? Or have you personally been building a life that's built to last for eternity that will hold up? I want to let you know that lives that are built for eternity they do not happen one casual Sunday at a time. They don't happen an hour and a half at a time. They happen over the course of day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, pursuing obedience to Jesus. That's where that eternal hope comes from. That's where that secure, durable life comes from. I want to leave you guys with this question for just to think about what is the one thing that you need to pursue obedience in? There's a million of them, but I don't want to overwhelm you and I want to let you know that there's a million things in here, but God's really just worried about one at a time, one shovel scoop at a time. So probably in your life, there's one thing that God's pointing out that you need to Start focusing on this. Think about that question. What is that one thing that you need to be obedient to? I want you to make a decision today, like what Jesus was saying, to hear what was taught and to act, to do something with it. Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We'd love to hear how this message or the ministry of Awaken has impacted your life. Let us know at awaken.church forward slash my story.